Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of On My Grown, the podcast. It is your co-host, Melanie Mitchell. And your other co-host, Rodney Boy, coming live at you direct. You sound like Soldier Boy in his Dougie video from his basement in 2008. I was, I was trying to go more 90s, like DJ inspired, like live and direct at you, you know. Like a talking park on part on an R&B song. So you Michael Bivens. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> today we're talking about the most wonderful time of the year. It's come around again. Is it bundle um, season? Com- it's always bundle season. <laughs> but it's homecoming season. Um, super excited. Last year we had a homecoming episode. And we're like, want to do another homecoming episode, but do it differently because we can't. I mean, it's, we can talk about a lot of homecoming stuff, but let's be more specific. So we're talking about homecoming parties. Um, we have a special guest with us. <clears throat> Introduce yourself, sir. Well, what's going on on the Grown Podcast listeners? On my oh, on my Grown, my excuse grown. me, podcast listeners. You know, it's your boy Carrington Coleman, um, co-founder of Only One Option LLC. My mm-hmm. partner couldn't be here today, but you know, I hold it down for Only One Option, so. Great to be here. Mm-hmm. Thankful for my girl Mel, my boy Rodney for bringing me on. Awesome. Okay, so we're talking about the ins and outs of, you know, party promotions. Because when people think of, like, parties and promoting such parties, you think of just, like, flyers and, like, Bria Miles and a bikini on a flyer <laughs> and, like, spamming hashtags and stuff. So it, it's a lot more to it. Right? I would imagine. It's a, yeah, it's a whole lot more to it, you know? We tried to have a promotion company just so we wouldn't get suspended, but then it just kind of crashed. Was it Pretty Pretty Girls Rock or something? It was, oh, what was it? Oh, God, it was so bad. (laughs) What was the name of it? I want, was it P-Y-T-E-N-T? It was just trash. We just wanted to throw some parties without, you know, Hmm. getting in trouble, but we still got in trouble. That's an interesting concept. Um, What? Like sorority girls having a Well, that you all would have to have established a whole nother organization. You know, just to do parties. Yeah. It sucks because, well, I know Deltas used to be able to throw parties. I don't know about, like, I never seen, like, a Zeta or SGR party, but we could not throw parties. Well, I know BA because I've seen other people get away with stuff because everyone can do stuff, but we can't. Um, yeah, so we would try to have, like, different aliases or, like, just the pretty girls hosting recess this week or whatever. Yeah. Like, you could just never have, like, how frats get away with murder with parties and stuff, but we couldn't do that. Okay, so homecoming season, parties, that's the biggest part of homecoming other than the game. You know, some some schools don't care as much about the game as, as others because their football team sucks. Like, Do any schools care about the game? Some people do care about the game. <laughs> uh, you can't forget the tailgate. Making, you can't forget the tailgate. Yeah. You know, yeah. Tail, tailgate, yeah. Yeah. tailgate. That's what I care about. That's what I'm getting dressed for. I've gone to homecoming for like six or seven years. I have not known the score upon leaving. <laughs> But y'all school don't care about the game or the band. Like, we at least go for the band. Yeah. Like, <laughs> y'all just don't care at all. Y'all don't even try to go to the stadium. Okay. So, Karen, we have you here, you know, of course. So, give us your story, a little background of what Only One Option is, how it came to be, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Well, my background, I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Went down to FAMU, not knowing anybody. Uh, Mel, you know that. The boy on campus with the bucket hats. In the polo, the polos, you know, through freshman year. But um, only one option came about um, 
when I met Caleb and I was through the beta new chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, uh, we became Lion Brothers and Caleb was already into doing parties and I was trying to get into it because um, I knew a lot of people. DJ Exotic, DJ right? Exotic right. at Coliseum, Coliseum Tuesdays. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Caleb. Um, but, you know, I was a younger guy, you know, trying to throw parties and make money and just, I like to network and meet people. So uh, when me and Caleb met, we like, man, let's come up with a, a party promo group because he had a old one. So I'm like, look, man, since we partners now, we had to come up with something different. So Caleb actually came up with the name Only One Option because he said it would sound cool over radio when a DJ say, oh, shout out to 010, shout out to Only One Option. So we decided on the name. You know, that came about, I don't know how he thought about it, but it came about. <clears throat> so... Started throwing parties. We started at a uh, prime time. I don't know if you remember that mill. Prime time Thursdays. Tallahassee is so ghetto that like we converted a restaurant into a club right, at night. Like regular restaurant. It's like an IHOP turned into the club. Like, <laughs> people go there for lunch and then at night it's a club. Basically, that's what prime time was. We have like this personal FAMU conversation. Like y'all really know we right. so I got to kind of explain as we go along. But yeah, like imagine. Not IHOP. I'll give it another um Applebee's being the club. More so. <laughs> it's not Applebee's level. Yeah, a little nicer than right. Applebee's, you know, a little bit Maybe more like spacious. Maybe like a Houston's. But we being the club. We you we right. literally like turn the, the table booths into like alcohol booths, move all the tables outside at night. Section. Man, it was crazy. Set up booths. Uh we had a live DJ outside patio. I mean we used to rock out though. We used to have like four people come out every week because we had like Five for one drink specials. It was crazy, crazy drink specials. But it was fun. But you only had four people? No, oh, no, no. I said at least 400 people. Oh, yeah. I was like, like oh, my man really excited. No, no, no. I was like, just no. me, Caleb. <laughs> four to 500 people. It was a small space. We usually had like four or 500 people every week. We had uh, shuttle buses that take them from campus to the to the club and from the club to campus after after the party. So we started off at uh, prime time, you know, getting our name out there. Had events every Thursday, and then that's when the new club recess started. So we started doing a rooftop, uh, what's it called, elevate, elevated Thursdays. Yeah, we did elevated Thursdays at recess. And we used to have, and that's before people even knew what recess was. So I feel like that you were able to brand your brand and the club at the same time, like put the club. on. Yeah, the- we were, we really did put recess on the map, man. Uh, it was like one of the first rooftops venues in Tallahassee, and we got the opportunity to start doing it. We started doing it, like getting like 15% of the door, like, you know, a very crazy deal, a, a very low deal for what we thought was making money. Um, but, you know, it was a new venue, and we used to bring a lot of people out. I don't know if you used to go out there um, on Thursdays, Mel. Yeah, I remember. I went to the first one. I wanted to say it was like, wasn't it either the week before campaign week or during campaign week? It was, it the, was the week before campaign week. Then we had a little campaign party because you remember that's when uh, Evan Bailey was running uh, for SGA, mm-hmm. pre- uh, SGA vice president, I think. But yeah, man, we had recess Thursdays. And then, what did we do after that? Yeah, then we went to the Mint. So we did the Mint on Thursdays, tried to rebrand the Mint when it opened up. And then we went back to recess um, right before I graduated. So. We had the opportunity to play around at a couple of venues in Tallahassee, um, and we got the opportunity to do events all across the country now. So that's the beginning of it. Lit. Okay, so hmm, I know a question that a lot of people like think of when it comes to party promoter because we see y'all, you know, in the sections and the bottles and the crystal and the girls and all the so glamorous. 
how do you guys get paid? Like, how does that get divvied up? Okay, so, I mean, depending on what kind of deal you have with the venue, um, some people, some venues, you know, you pay uh, deposits or you may pay $3,000 to rent out the venue and they give you um, the full door. So you get 100% of the door profits. So you have deals like that. You have deals like you, you know, pay for a rental and you get 100% of the door profits as well as a bar guarantee. A bar guarantee is when the bar has to hit, you know, at least $5,000 or $10,000 or whatever you set it at, and you can get like a percentage back of the bar as well, too. So it's, it's various deals that you can get to where you actually make money from the uh, venue, but mostly you get the money from the door revenue that you gain from doing the events. Hmm. Okay. I never really, you know, thought of those kind of so when you So when you actually be getting in free all the time, Mel, you, we're not making no money off you. Wow. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> I really feel attacked. Uh, well, I'm bringing in revenue as yeah, well. Yeah, Mel be turning the parties up, though. Thank thank you. Oh. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so, you know, from, from you know, your, your humble beginnings at uh, the Applebee's, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> now like what you know what what were some lessons or some you know what were some bad deals that you know you may have gotten at first that you know you've learned from and and kind of you know like basically what have you learned from your time from you know doing those first parties to you know where you're at now i will say um the biggest thing was logistics so at the beginning we just thought it was you know getting a lot of people to the party we didn't care about how our material looked with our brand on it so we did our branding wasn't up to par we just you know had different flyers and just do pictures on there um big booty models man all type of names for parties man it was crazy just whatever we thought about we just put it on the flyer so i would say branding uh logistics like you know how how we run a party um overpaying djs or actually popping too many bottles like the money we actually spend <laughs> the night i would say you know spending those on bottles just to have fun and not actually doing it having that business mentality um, and then from a deal perspective, man, we went from, you know, getting 15% of parties into, you know, spending 3000 or $5,000 to rent out a venue um, that holds 1,500 people and packing it out. So I would say just those small lessons to where you have to start, you know, at a humble beginning and work your way up and build your brand in this type of industry. Okay. I'm learning so much. Wow. I take advantage of the party to just walk up and then go inside. <laughs> um, what sets your company apart from other party companies? Like, you know, I don't want to say no name. I'm trying to make something up. Um, I, just yeah, like the, the ghetto the, with the Bria mouths and the wet foam parties and the you know. I, I would say I would say we we try to make an experience for people. Um, so such as for graduation, we do like a a toast for all the graduates or just all the attendees in the event. So like toast or like free shots or open bars um, or dress code events. So we try to create a different experience each event that we have so it can continue to have the people coming back. Also like logistics, like I mentioned prior to, like, you know, not holding the lines or um, if somebody's upset about the section that they're in, you know, give them a refund or just, just being professional Though we do throw parties, you know, just being a professional business person when we're doing these events. So I'm not going to say no one else is professional, but me and Caleb are very, very, very logistics driven when it comes to our events. Like our events for homecoming, we literally have them pretty much set in place to where we only have to just show up and we'll be perfectly fine. 
Um, okay, I got a follow-up question. Okay. <laughs> so, and Rodney can relate, so I'll make this more house-centric. Um, so, if you were throwing a party in the aquarium... See, no. And they put... No, nah, <laughs> I'm not even going to let this go down. <laughs> I think I heard no, about this. I think about I heard about this. Um, it was a party at the aquarium. It's like everybody tried to get their money back or something like that. Some, so... It was like they put them in a weird spot where you could like they were saying you could party with the fish right and the place they put them for the party wasn't nowhere near the fish and they had like the music and the beats pills something like that it was just crazy so i wasn't gonna, i was gonna make it non-ignorant when i got to the end of the question right good i was gonna say how would you have handled a situation like that um just real quick i'm sorry <laughs> go ahead now go ahead, ahead go ahead <laughs> because she, she's coming at our frat brother my profile <laughs> <laughs> And and I actually want I actually wanted to I want him to have a, I want to have him on the podcast one day, and I, I'm sure you know he will. But I got to make sure she don't ruin our chances. Um, I you know, think it's funny. And pe- pe- but you know, as black people do, I think some people over exaggerated uh, their their the lack of experience. But there was a fumble last year with our homecoming party. Uh, the brother uh, he gave some refunds out. He apologized. Um, but go ahead. How would how would you handle you know a faux pas such as that? Man, I think that's the only thing you can actually do. Man, is just refund people their money back. Honestly, I mean, I mean, and apologize. I mean, because you you got to pretty much act clueless, like you didn't know what was going on, though you may have. But uh, just refunding people their money back, man, in the most professional manner. And then the following year, I would probably like do like an open bar, like a cheap open bar party, or just like a free event party. Or, or something to show the people, like, I don't just do this for the money. I do this for you to have a great experience as well, too. So you got to just kind of take the good with the bad in that situation. But I did hear, like, he made a shitload of money, too. I heard he cashed out at that party. All right. And that's just... I would have I paid for a party like that. That's that's Negroes being exaggerated. How anybody know what he walked away with. Yeah. You know? But And then at the end of the day, he, he gave out. He refunded pretty much everybody. Um, there is a free day party. On Friday, so you know. When is when is Morehouse? Uh, me Spellhouse homecoming. Uh, week of the twentieth uh, uh, through the twenty second. Okay, coming up. To um, so Karen, I wanted to ask you more so like kind of the legality and business side. You know, so did you all file your LLC right away? You know, when you all do events, is there insurance that you all have to get as a company? What is what are some of those things that you all have to deal with that we don't know about? Yeah, so um, no, luckily Caleb and I, we uh, we both graduated from from the school of business and industry, um, and that was the first thing we did when we started O and O. But we wasn't collecting and like doing everything from a tax based standpoint. Um, we definitely filed the LLC and paid our taxes every year, so we literally did that probably. August 2013, and we came over O and O in like July. So um, we did that immediately. That was the first thing we did uh, when we got our refund checks. <laughs> that was the first That's thing good, we did. Good, yeah, yeah. We, we split the use of a refund check. Yeah, we split you that. Ain't get no, no, I ain't get no Jordans, man. I think I stopped. No, I did. I spent all my Jordan money that summer uh, for my internship. So I used all my internship money to buy Jordans. But then use my my refund check through my LLC stuff. But yeah, I did all that. Um, and then so when we do the events, so uh, venues they have their own insurance, so we are automatically insured by them when we do events. Um, that's in the contract. Uh, luckily, 
so we don't have to pay anything with insurance. But um, yeah, we do have a, a an accountant as well too. So a person that um you know file, files our taxes for us every year and you know collects all our receipts right. and do all that the legal way. So um, we're lucky to have you know family that's that has LLCs as well too that kind of showed us the direction to go and you know how much money we can actually make when we actually do things the right way. So we got the opportunity to to do that on at an early age within our careers. So, so. That's good. Well, I'm about to start shaking the table. Go ahead and shake it, Mel. So <laughs> first one, have you guys ever had a party that was just like a total flop? Yeah. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, I mean that's... what party was it and how did you kind of recover from that? So or are we gonna Real say quick. Oh, go ahead. What made it a flop? I was just about to say, like, what, like, what do you consider a flop? Not people there. So, um, this is considered a flop. It was a great party, but it's considered a flop because I didn't make that much money. But this is the reason. Let me tell you. So, um, my junior year, I was like, I was really big into you know HBCU pride and everything. I still am, but that was just when I, during my undergrad years. So I started the Michigan HBCU Undergrad Association. So everybody from um, I connect everybody from Michigan. Detroit, Saginaw, wherever, whatever city you're from in Michigan, um, and you go to HBCU, I made a group me. So the group me had over a thousand people in it. It still has over a thousand people in it, but everybody who graduated from or that goes to HBCU, that's an undergrad. So I connected that right there. So that was the first thing. So what I did was I designated a person from each HBCU that has a Michigan club. I designated them to start promoting a party. So I started a party called HBCUs versus everybody, and I did it during Christmas break, two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, so Christmas break, two thousand fourteen, here in Detroit, Michigan. So this was like three, like two months out of the party. I had all my booths sold. Um, I had probably like six hundred tickets sold. The venue hold, held a thousand people. So come the day of the party, you know, I'm, I'm happy. It's, happy as hell. No, I'm like, I'm about to make like $10,000. The venue is cheap. I'm having a good time. I'm about to pop bottles. I'm about to show them that fam, you hold it down. Alpha, I'm an alpha. I'm a young alpha. Cool, cool, whatever, whatever. Let's have a good time. Boom. And that was my first party actually doing in Detroit. So I had people from all HBCUs hit, hit me up. I had people um, that's Greek that went to college in Michigan hit me up trying to make their step show the official after party. So I'm like, man, I can't, I can't make this much money. This is about to be so good. I'm, I'm just happy. I'm happy. So, here, here comes the party, right? The party, the line is down the street. I have videos. So, it's at 11 o'clock. It's probably, the, the venue's packed up. My booths are there. You know, girls dancing. We popping bottles. We having an awesome time. I get on the mic. I don't even talk on the mic, but I get on the mic like, yeah, you know, only one option. Shout out to the alphas. I'm just having fun. The cues strolling like they stroll all the time to every song. Of course. Everywhere. So, the cues strolling. You know, it was some deltas in there. Ooh, whooping, AKAs. Looking pretty. It, I'm having a good time, right? So the club owner come up to me like, hey, we got, we got a problem. So I'm like, yeah, let, let's go downstairs and talk. He's like, so, you know, you got people all in the street, you know, down the street, you know, the line's super long. The fire marshal's trying to shut us down. I'm like, the fire marshal's trying to shut us down. You know, we still got some room. You know, it's upstairs. You know, sit some people up there. You can put, you put some people in the basement. You can put some people in the bathroom. I don't care. You can put people in the bathroom, in the stall. I don't care. We, we cannot shut this party down. And, man, this is like 1130. We got like 700 people in there. We good. And it's a long line outside. Um, it was raining. It was cold and raining outside. 
but it, people still people can. still can, right? Because we're in Detroit. So, 11.45, almost 12 o'clock. So, the fire marshal, me and the fire marshal and the owner talking. Like, yeah, I'm about to shut this party down. It's fire code. You hit capacity. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, man, you cannot shut this party down. It's only 12 o'clock. These people are having a good time. It's, it's, it's an awesome party. So, the club owner says something wrong to this fire marshal that pissed him off so, so bad that he took the mic and said, this party is over. Everybody has to get out. So, or or the club or the club owner had to, was gonna get like a ten thousand dollar ticket. Like it was a crazy ticket. So he like cares, and we can either keep this party going, or you can take the money that you have and split the ticket. Uh, this ten thousand dollar ticket with me. I'm like, no, you about to shut this party down. I'm not about to give you no money in my pocket. So the party was over like at twelve fifteen. Everybody like, what's going on? You know, can I get my money back? Can I get my, I didn't get my bottle, so I have to deal with all these different people. So I literally just turned my phone off and went in the basement into the uh, into the owner office. You know, I feel like y'all do that whether the party gets shut down by the fire marshal or not. Man, it was crazy. People just wondering what's going on. People mad. People still like in the club trying to figure out, man, like where the music at. So I had to next. Movie. So I had um, I don't know if I know versatile and style on Instagram. I was gonna say what's the yeah, yep, yep, yep. That's that's my boy. So he was there. You know, I had to, he was there only for like thirty minutes. So I had to pay him, you know, because he came out. Um, I had DJ play in town. I, I brought him in town from Chicago. I had another DJ wow. from Howard University. So I had, like, so many DJ, like people in town that came in town for the party. I had, I had people drive from Saginaw, Michigan, which is, like, an hour away. I had people drive from Flint. So it was, like, crazy. So, I mean, the gift from the club owner to me, he gave me a bottle of Ace of Spade um, as, like, a appreciation for doing the event. And he... um. He gave me like my deposit back and everything, but I expected to make you know five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars for this party, and I only walked away with a bottle of Ace of Spade and a couple thousand. So that was Ouch. that was my really flop so, moment, honestly. So listen, ladies, if he has a successful party, no, nah. you gotta get a party promoter. I got, I got a girlfriend. I got a girlfriend. No, I'm not talking about. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I'm saying get you a party promoter because oh yeah, no, party promoters make some good money, man. Lucrative. It's, it's, it's okay. very lucrative. Well, you probably still gonna be outside in the cold. Wait. <laughs> Make sure he your boyfriend, boyfriend. Cause if not, you'll get left outside. Okay. Um, go ahead. You can ask a civilized question, Rocky. Yeah. So, like, when it comes to planning, uh, like venues and capacity and lines and sections, like, what are, what's some of those like logistics and decision making that goes into that? Like, are y'all counting on like the crowd rotating? And so, like, you know, if you have a a venue that has a, a capacity of a thousand, you feel you can sell like fifteen hundred tickets because you know people gonna come, leave, come back, or what? Uh, usually, what um what we do for the for the capacity standpoint, we set the ticket um, amount at whatever that that capacity is, um or like a hundred tickets lower because you know you go have your free people that you're cool with, and you know you go have your sections. So your your VIP booths, though you sell it per VIP booth, within that you still have you know however you want to sell it, five people to a booth or six to eight people to a booth, you know, depending on how the big the booth is or how you want to sell it. Um, from some logistical facets, when it comes to VIP booths, you um, always kind of want to, I'm not going to say upcharge the section. That wouldn't be the right verbiage because I don't want y'all to, like, be scared or run away from my, buying my sections for my events. But um, it's a certain bottle cost that the venue gives us, um to sell. So, you know, if the venue says the bottles are 
$250, you know, we may charge $255 or $275, or we may just charge whatever the venue charges for the for the bottles. So a lot of venues, I mean, a lot of people and party promoters do that to kind of help the bar guarantee, depending on if you have a bar guarantee. But, I mean, $250 for a bottle inside a club um, isn't a bad deal either. So, so why are they so expensive? Um, it's just a flashy thing, honestly. Um, venues, they do about the poor. So, honestly, a bottle of Hennessy, though it costs $40, if you sell it behind a bar and it's like $8 a pour, you can probably get like, I believe, I'm not a bartender, but I think it's like around 30 pours to that. So you got to do the math. So you got to do um, 30 pours. 240. Yeah, 30 pours times, yeah, $240 per bottle. So that's how they pretty much do their bottle costs at venues. I'm learning so much. Okay. That's kind of cool, though. Uh-oh, the resurgence of Pretty Girl Entertainment. <laughs> um, absolutely not. About to, about to, resur- <laughs> absolutely about to resurrect. <laughs> Oh, I'm just thinking of me making it was so funny. It, I'm so glad I'm not in that part. Mel of did the flyer okay. too for it. For real, for real. I did it. I did <laughs> I took a picture of Toya and I like cropped her out and then I like overdid it in pink so she could be the logo. It was a mess. Oh God. Whew. Thank God for change. <laughs> All right. Next question. Hmm. What was like the most lit party like? of all the parties you've ever thrown? Mm, we had some good times, honestly. Um, the, the recess Thursday used to pop, but um, just because I, I love to enjoy like black excellence and you know, graduation and stuff like that, I would say our lituation day parties be like very, very fun because we actually celebrate some. Oh, yeah. Though homecoming is, you know, you're still celebrating black excellence, but you're literally celebrating thousands of people graduate from college. So very that's awesome. like the... The most litest party for me um, to actually put on because it doesn't take many logistics, and then we're also offering graduates, you know, free entry and you know, free drinks and stuff like that too. So that's what I enjoy about it, and that's the most lit party to me because it's called lituation. So lit, you know, kind of cool. I hate I missed that first one. It was really nice. Yeah, so that's my okay. that's party for me. <laughs> okay, lituation is a good party, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about day parties. When did they start doing day parties? I just feel like they just popped up, and then that's just what it was. Just day parties all the time, and they're always more lit than regular parties. It is, man. I, I think because you, it's during the day though. Like <laughs> you're not tired. You didn't have like a long day at work and then party at night, or you didn't like do so much stuff throughout the day. Then just got a party at night. So it's just like you wake up, you go to brunch or you eat lunch or whatever. Then you hit the day party, and then you. Still pregame, and it's like you have more time. Yeah, because you can still party like at like, night if you wanted to. Yeah, like when you go to a regular party, it starts. It's, most parties ten to two, maybe three. You ain't gonna get there. You cool. You ain't gonna get it to like eleven, twelve, mm-hmm. unless you weren't. Like, yeah. Party over. Oh, I hate three. Negroes. <laughs> <laughs> like, ain't nobody trying to be there setting up chairs at ten o'clock when the party starts. Par- but it's just you like your party got chairs like, at it though. Your party got chairs at it. That's a problem. Well, not like chairs, chairs. I'm thinking of the mood. Like, I know, like, freshman year, when we went to the parties at, on time, that's when you got there at 10 because you had to ride a shuttle. Oh, you wasn't going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember, like, the, the little stools in the moon in the club. I'm like, look at this. We here too early. It was cold. We was shivering because wasn't nobody in there to make it warm. But, yeah, that's how you got to get there around 11, 30, 12. But just, I just hate, like, if you don't have a section and, and like, you going, like, people like, yo, let's go out, let's – and y'all like, all right, we're going we're gonna to pregame. Like, that's, like, I think that's what probably mess up night parties. 
people pregame, the pregame so jumping, you forget you like it, it's oh, a yeah. it's a hassle to get people to the party. People don't want to get there till twelve. Everybody get out! It's twelve almost. We gotta get to the party. <laughs> right, right. The, the list about to close, or you know, the price is going up, and it's like I didn't pay fifty dollars for you know what they telling me is from you know let, let's say ten to two. I get there at twelve, so I only get half the time I paid for. And <laughs> black people just make everything so difficult. As y'all can see, I'm just really upset it's with okay. it. Uh, that's why I like day parties. I like brunches. It's like we get there, we you know we're gonna let the the turn up bill. We're gonna have a good time. Yada da da da. Mimosas, mimosas get you drunk quicker. Anybody drinking mimosa at night? You know. Also, sometimes people don't even make it out of the pregame because I know I, I I've had a pregame that I just yeah I had to sit in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody that had that one pregame were just like, yeah, you sit in the car, baby girl. That's, <laughs> you can't even come to the That's party. when you pregame for a juice party. That's going to be the wrong moment. No, that you can't pregame. Juice parties and like a top flight, you can't pregame. You've got to get drunk there because <laughs> you're just going to die. Ah, uh, oh man. Good old times, man. Miss college. Okay. Um, whose turn was that question? I don't forget. Cause we didn't I feel like it's mine. Okay, go ahead. So, Carrington, what's the uh, what are some differences or challenges, or yeah, well, let's just focus on differences between throwing you know a party for a general public, you know, like the party you had in Detroit, versus doing a homecomings, you know, FAMU focused event. Um, you know, are you competing with other FAMU promoters there? Like, what, what's the environment like? Yeah, it's pretty much you just competing. So, our our competition is 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 kind of dumb. It's a dumb setup because. We literally compete against one of our pro fights and then one of our neos. You know what I'm saying? So it's all all alphas, and we all have our own you know, promo groups, and we all do separate events. You know, so um, though our events kind of attract different people, like you know, an event Friday night going to attract like 18 and up. Ours is like 21 and up, 25 plus, and then it's the day party, which is 21 and up too. So like we all like are very close, so we all do events together any other time of the year besides homecoming because we all want to, you know, make money. Secure that bag. And, yeah, secure the bag, make money, and maximize on how many people go actually be in Tallahassee during that weekend. So It's good because everybody can eat. Like, it's homecoming. Yeah, it is. It's so many parties. And it's a lot of people. So, I mean, luckily, we all did talk about it, about just doing one big event next year together, you know, and I think that will be a very successful event. Yeah, so everybody's going to have a successful event this year as well, too. But next year, like, we all just collab and get a venue that holds a shit up, load amount of people, have crazy open bars, just have a crazy party uh, one of these nights. So it is kind of weird that we all just compete. So, like, literally, like, some of my closest friends <laughs> be competing against. But it's whatever. It's life. I always loved how Beta New monopolized the party scene. So if you like mad at the alphas, you had to stay home because if you had to go to any party, they was at the door. Yeah, so we're going to charge your ass whatever we want to. Oh, excuse me. Not, no cussing, but we're going to charge you whatever <laughs> okay. we want to. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, we. Another question, uh-huh. kind of piggyback. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm, I'm good. Okay. Um, kind of similar to that question. What's the difference between like throwing a party, a frat party versus like one of your company's party. Um, with the frat party, you have a target market that you you're going towards. So those, you know, girls and guys that's at the frat house doing the barbecues, or those people screaming for you when you're strolling on set Friday or coming to events. So you pretty much have a target market to to go towards. Freshman. Yeah, sometimes you might catch a senior a senior or two, you know, in a juice party. But uh, 
Yeah, you know, you have a target market. So what you trying to say? But with uh like with company events, you know, you really don't know who to gauge. It's pretty much off of based upon if they like going to night parties or day parties or whatever their preference is. But for frat parties, you know, everybody loves the alphas, everybody loves beta news. So, you know, selling tickets when when that hard. Yeah, shout out to okay. Chillmatic. So if you're in Tallahassee Thursday, meet us at Chillmatic too, man. I'm going to be in that joint, having a good time, reliving my old days on the hill. It's a good party. I enjoy that party. You going to be there? Yes, I will be. I'm coming in town to make sure I'm there for Chillmatic. That's my favorite homecoming party. You going to be in that joint Thursday. I'm sorry, we having a family conversation. It's a big yeah. party. It's in the best nightclub in, the, in in Tallahassee. We ain't got much. So, <laughs> a club like the Moon is, like, excellent. Yeah, so this is, this, oh. this is, Mel, do you have, like, a lineup? This is my um, homecoming lineup. So, I get there Thursday afternoon. So, I'm going to go to the step show, you know, hope the, hopefully the bros win the step show. I know, hopefully the bros will win the step show. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Then we go go to the Moon, celebrate, have a good time. And then Friday, I'm going to go to the Young Alumni Brunch. And then, I said Fridays during homecoming would be pretty weak, though. I don't be liking those. I will, I'm not wasting my yes. time. I tried last like, Yeah, they, cause they, move, they move it. So it would be like, I guess. I don't like it. I don't like homecoming set Fridays. Those are, those would be too. But it's always so much going on that no one has time. Like, I went out there. First off, I said this on Twitter, but I really felt like Charles Barkley in Space Jam. Because, like... <laughs> I felt like an imposter. Like I wasn't even me. I couldn't even keep up with Nucky V. Buck, and I, I, I almost died. I couldn't do it. I was like, Mm-mm. it's a difference. Like we talked about this before, Rodney. Like in shape, and then like yard shape. Oh yeah, like, yeah. You can't, oh yeah. It's, it's just not the same. It's no matter how many miles you ran on the treadmill, unless you on the yard, you can't handle that kind of heart, you know, stress. Yeah, I ain't gonna be out there strong. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't want to get too sweaty. Tell ass he could be too hot. Yeah, yeah, you get two good strolls out of me this homecoming. I'm going to do regular set it off, and I may do another. But the only place I would stroll or any place that I would be that strolling is involved is the frat house for the tailgate. And we're we going to see because I got a skirt that I'm trying to wear. It's very restricting. <laughs> so it's not a lot of movement <laughs> that I can do. So, yeah, you know, we're going to be at, you know, not set Friday, but brunch. Probably walk through Seth Friday or whatever, then go see my big bros, you know, at Carpe. Hit up Carpe with them boys for a little bit. Go a little wild and yeah, crazy. Yeah, hit, hit Carpe, you know what I'm saying? Then Friday night, you know, I'm at Privé. Privé is one of our events, you know, upscale event. We're going to have my boy Dougie Fresh in the building. You know, he's going to be at Flunk Fest, so we end up bringing Dougie Fresh. Come through, hype it up so, a little okay, bit. okay, I got a question. How does, um, how do, like, celebrities work? How does, like, that booking situation um, so networking pretty much, um, my aunt knows Brooke Payne, which is the manager of like, um, New Edition and DVD, yeah, those people. So we know, we know who Brooke Payne is. Yeah. So, um, he's involved in, in, in Funk Fest and then, you know, we're doing, um, Privé with Pat Nix as well too. So that whole thing kind of correlated in. Um, he knows Dougie Fresh, so we end up getting Dougie Fresh to come through. Um, but booking, so it's, like I said, it's pretty much networking. So I don't, I didn't talk about this yet. Um, I guess I can go into this later. Um, that we doing the after parties and concerts for HBCU classics with Chorus Light and DJ Emmy and Ti. But we can get into that later because we're talking about homecoming. But um, so okay, 
let's not make it so specific because everybody doesn't know, you know, FAMU stuff or HBCU stuff or just what we have, like, personal. But this is, like, more logistic-wise, like... Yeah, so you, um, you, you reach out to, you know, their managers, um, and then they give you a fee. You know, if you want to counter offer or whatever, you can do that as well, too, to see if it's reasonable. But you usually go in and get a contract, sign a contract. The contract has different things in it, such as their writer... And the writer is like what that person requires. So you have some crazy writers out there, such like T.I. Writer. When we had when we booked T.I., his writer was like uh, five bottles of Patron, three bottles of Ciroc, uh, Don Julio, 1942, um, Hennessy. It was like a shitload of liquor, a whole lot of liquor. You know, they'd be on like fruit, food, Fiji waters, towels. Um, everything like very specific, like, you know, artists and celebrities are very specific about what they like. Like Mary J. Blige, I think her writer, she just wants like all green M&Ms, like all green Skittles. Like it's that specific how they be with their writers. So, um, and you usually start off with like a, um, a deposit. So give them deposit just to lock in your date. And then you pay them like 24 hours for the rest of the, uh, the booking fee afterwards. But it's a lot to deal with um with celebrities, man, and they riders and what they require as well too, man. It's it's a whole lot. But um do Has some... a celebrity ever been like, nah? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So for Prive, I ain't gonna tell you who he's about to bring, but um you might see him at graduation. But it's somebody who's pretty popular now. Um she's the producer and founder of a of a popular T V show that everybody watches. So um, don't play with me. She she was um she was about to come. She gave us the okay, but then she had she couldn't come no more because they had something to do in LA or something like that. But um we were pretty very very hyped about her. Um and then she changed her mind after. So, but we're gonna have her come to FAMU soon. But she's she's very popular right now. Very very popular. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, don't do it without me. <laughs> I ain't gonna say you're talking about. And the thing, you, you, you talked about it on uh on your on your Instagram story the other day too. Listen, I am obsessed with. <laughs> so. Okay. Oh. Um, I received that. <laughs> quick question. So do I mean? Do you feel like celebrities are? Do they give the return on investment? Do I like you know? As a guy, I'm never like, oh snap, you know. T.I. finna be in the building. I'm gonna send him my SoundCloud link while I'm there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say I would say yes. Um, depend definitely depends on who it is. But every celebrity that we had at our events, um, definitely showed a great return on the investment. Like Privé last year, uh, we turned another restaurant into a nightclub, which is Edison. It's like a new spot in Tallahassee, or it was a new spot in Tallahassee. Um, we had Will Packer, uh, DC Young Fly, and Romney Malcolm. So when Will Packer like announced that he was coming and he like you know sent us a video and everything, that really increased ticket sales. You know t- the tickets was was very good too. Like we were having you know good sales, but that, it definitely increased in the show. And a lot of people it was like a more talk of the town event um, after he announced that he was coming. So you know having celebrities and those different people come to your events, it kind of just brands you in a way that these guys are pretty serious if they're going to invest money behind themselves but that's how i kind of look at it when i see different people bringing artists or you know celebrity djs to events cool. i like that and you know people be lying sometimes so that proof video is like oh he really coming let me go yeah because you see celebrities all the time i will not be in 
Mobile, Alabama tomorrow. They lying. <laughs> Janky promoter. Yeah, that's, that's real. <laughs> that's real. Okay, so why do y'all tell people that you got them at the door and then you don't answer your phone? I know you're guilty. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm definitely, for sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> I do that when it's like no brand loyalty with people. So it's usually on the fly when I say that, too. So, like, if somebody, like, if I, if I see them, for instance, we got pre Friday night. If I see them Friday at the brunch or at Carpe, they're like, yeah, I'm trying to come to pre night. I'm like, all right, yeah, I got you, I got you. Me saying I got you don't mean it's actually going to be free. It may be, you know, I may skip the line for you, still pay at the door, or you may pay a discounted price. But regardless of that, it's like more so like brand loyalty. So if I tell you that I got you at the door and then I see you promoting a party that's compete with mine, I'm not going to hide at the door no more because you actually telling your followers or your people that you're going to be at this party uh, besides my party rather than my party. You're not doing no marketing or promotion for my event. So why would I have you at the door and I'm not going to make no money off of you to my pockets or you're not going to spend no money at the bar. You know what I'm saying? So it's more so like a respect type of thing without it being respectful. Like It's kind of like, damn, you go disrespecting by promoting somebody else's party, but you want me to have you at the door. That, that, don't, that don't sound right. I had a similar situation to that <laughs> during my graduation. Because, like, graduation, I'm, I was hosting everything, but I was posting everything, too. So some, I got to the door, it's like, oh, no, nah, you got the list because you was promoting another party. I said, oh. Oh, I was dumbfounded. I snuck in. Though. I mean, with that too, like us as you know, event planners, we have to be mindful of times like graduation. You gonna post everything. You trying to celebrate, like you don't care what's going on. You don't know what the exact move is because there's so many things going on. So you're not gonna just be like, oh no, I'm already promoting this event. I mean, it is okay to tell people like, okay, look, I'm promoting this event, but I can do both. Um, I can post both the same amount of times. And, you know, if we can get by with doing that. But I never really turn nobody down during graduation if they post another event because it's like it's your graduation and the only way this party going to be successful is because it's your graduation. You know what I'm saying? So we doing this party for graduation. So why would I turn a graduate around and she probably got 10 of our family members with her that's going to pay rather than just letting one person in free. So like a, like a give or take. Like a give or take. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Ronnie. You just said the last question. Um, you know, so, so, you know, you've had this company for a while, you've been doing it for a while. Is this something that you look to, you know, what's the, I guess, what's the future outlook of it? You know, do you plan on continuing it? You know, is there an exit plan? Are you going to start cleaning drug money through the business? <laughs> you know, I, I need to do that, but no, um, so, uh, Caleb, so me and Caleb, man, we, um, we've been putting money aside for a few years to hopefully open our own venue, um, in the next next few years honestly we haven't thought about the exact place it's just pretty much depends on where we are in life and what city we in you know the next few years but we definitely gonna always keep oh no going if we you know 60 years old throwing parties at the retirement homes we gonna always have oh no um that's something that we started with in college and i think that it is branded well enough to where we can continue to continue it and then turn into something bigger um we kind of do want to venture off into the concerts. Um, so, you know, bringing different artists to different cities. Me personally, I want to do a comedy show. Uh, my favorite comedian is Mike Epps. So I really want to bring Mike Epps to like a big city and do like a really big uh, comedy show with like some smaller comedians to, to open up and then have Mike Epps or like Kevin Hart. Just any, any big, 
comedian, uh, do a do a comedy show. I would really want to do that. But so we kind of you know want to venture off into the bigger promo things to be able to do you know events during fights in Las Vegas or we already do spring break, so that's not really that big. But just like a lot a lot of the growner events in like the major cities such as Vegas or LA and things like that, like bigger cities. So for like the grown, um, so you said you talked about Pat Nix. I know he's old school Alpha Z promoter, and y'all got a pro fight too. I'm look, he kind of like looked like Suge Knight. You talking about uh, te- Teddy? Teddy. Okay. So do they um, have like real jobs, or they really do that full time? Um, I'm. I know. I think Pat does it full time. I'm not sure about Teddy. Um, I think Teddy does it full time too. But Teddy owns a few. Uh, venues as well, but I know Pat Nix does it um, full time, for sure, for sure. Um, and he does he does an amazing job doing it as well too. So when I speak about like those you know major events in Vegas and you know whatever other cities, you know I can relate to him because he actually does that. So you know, we do a lot of events with Pat Nix. Um, he actually was the one who put us on recess Thursdays uh, when it first started. So we have a very very good relationship with him. I wanted a big homies, so yeah. Uh, funny, uh, the Teddy guy you mentioned. My cousin has uh, she used to work at one. Of his, she worked at one of his venues, and you know, has known him for years. So you're talking about um, I think I'm, it was downtown. I can't think of what, what it was called. It was like a um, oh, okay. a New Orleans type of restaurant downtown I've, Chicago, like a lounge restaurant lounge. Ordeal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a Creole spot. Yeah. Yeah. If I um I went there for, for Timmy graduation party. It was a really nice venue. Some like yeah, it got shut down. You now they was playing politics in Chicago. He was like one of the only black own venue owners in Chicago. And they got it shut down. Yep, it was crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago's uh nightlife extremely racist. Dress codes and different things. But yeah, so funny, you know how those intersections. Uh, Look, small world. Yeah, six degrees. Yeah, work out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm having fun. I hope y'all learn as much as I am because I just try to get in free. I, that's all I care about. I don't really care about. That's drinking. what this whole interview's about. <laughs> um, no, but I feel like I'm learning things. It's like learning Black history and stuff. Um, it's Columbus Day. Well, it was so it's kind of like learning the origins of Columbus and the origins of turnt up world hell no um, I don't, uh, Columbus. have you I'm just, no i'm saying like no I'm just, saying learning that basically he ain't shit uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was this really good magic school bus spoof saying how columbus is trash today okay tell the truth have you ever charged an ugly girl more at the door no i haven't i never did that um i just like having women in the, in the party so i mean i charge guys more than girls all the time i mean that's that's natural mm-hmm. but i i like to have the ratio, like a FAMU ratio. Like my freshman year at FAMU, the, the girl to guy ratio was like 15 to 1, something crazy. So I want to have the same thing in the parties. I want guys, I would rather have girls leave and say it's not enough guys here rather than guys leave and say it's not not enough girls here because those 10 guys go still buy those 50, 50 girls drinks at the bar. So I would right. definitely, yeah, well. I would definitely rather have a lot more girls than guys at the at the parties for sure, for sure. That's why I kept on going home unchose. <laughs> okay, I got another question. <laughs> this is real ignorant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm giggling to myself before I even get it out. Okay, 
do studs still get in free on ladies night or like oh, ladies week or whatever? Damn, I never even like kind of thought about that for real. If they if we even let them in, yeah, yeah, they are women. They are they are still women, so they do get in free before that time. Unless they be like, no, I want to pay. I mean, I'm not gonna be like, all right, shit, you ain't gotta pay, but don't try me like a motherfucking. Oh, I'm sorry. Like I'm a girl or oh, something. Don't try me oh. like I'm some girl. <laughs> this dope, bro. I'm paying my twenty. Oh, oh yeah. If you want to, if you want to okay. pay that cheese, you can definitely pay it. But yeah, I, I actually have let a study in free before when we did recess free before eleven. For sure, for sure. Let studs in free before eleven because they are girls. Yeah. So studs, if y'all listening, y'all do not have to put on some wedges to get in on ladies' night. Y'all good. They, See, I'm looking out for they y'all. They good for me. They good with me. <laughs> okay. All right, that was pretty, that was pretty funny, though. I never thought about that. <laughs> no, but, like, I always think that, and I've seen, like, a meme of her, like, instead with some, like, cargoes on, but she, like, throwing some, some wedges to get in free. I'm like, it shouldn't be that serious, sis. Like, <laughs> if you're going to commit, then commit to it and just pay. Oh, man. Okay, go ahead, Rodney. Um, so, Keratin, you you know, you talked about, you know, owning the venue and, and, and expanding the brand to do different things. Uh, well, so maybe you've already addressed this, but, you know, from, from a lot of the readings I've done, um, you know, since millennials are, are going out less, we're going to nightclubs a lot less, you know, we're trading in, you know, that nightlife for, you know, getting drunk at home because we got student loan debt. Now, I don't know if how uh, along the racial lines, how that differs, you know, are you and your business partner doing any precautions against this or, you know, are you all seeing anything that, is co-signing these these uh these things I'm reading? Um, no, because like I said earlier, we like to create a different experience each event that we have. So I think with allowing somebody to, though it may be the same name party, but allowing them a different experience every time the party happens, or if it's a different party though by the same promoters, it's just a different experience. I think that that will still attract people. Um, I do kind of see millennials, millennials, excuse me, millennials starting to like do day parties and brunches a lot more and going out on Sundays a lot more than they would do on a Saturday. Um, but we haven't seen a decline um, in sales, ticket sales or anything at all um, thus far. I don't know what the future may hold. Hopefully it doesn't show with that, but I definitely, I haven't seen it yet. Well, that's good. I, I mean, when we, when you're in a city like Atlanta, I don't know about other cities, but we have stuff like Edgewood and Peter Street, so we we can go out without like going out out. So I can see how that would be like a thing. But I mean, bars have always been a thing though. So I don't, but they say millennials ruin everything, <laughs> ruining diamonds and houses and cheese and whatever else market we have crashing right now. <sighs> Let's see. Yeah, we um, I am trying to like put together a bar crawl because I don't know if y'all are familiar with like themed bar crawl so like it'd be like a onesie bar crawl or like a pajama bar crawl it'd be like or, or santa claus bar crawl like yeah santa, what they call it santa Con. yeah so it'd be stuff like that so i am planning to do one of those this winter here in detroit because those are very very dope and then you just i feel like I just black people need to do better with like more fun parties like everybody want to put on a future hat and some chelsea be- some chelsea boots and go out, but like let's you know let's dress up, let's have a costume party, let's do something. So I, I think I'd be open to that. That does sound kind of fun. Caucasian. I saw for ha- for Howard's homecoming, they're doing a bar crawl. Oh, good old Howard. What is their homecoming now? I think I think it's the same weekend. Yeah, I think it's the same weekend as there. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go on no bar crawl 
in D.C. Because you're going to spend at least $20 on a drink <laughs> per, per bar you go to. You might as well yeah. bar crawl at somebody's house, apartment crawl or something. I've seen that. I've seen an apartment crawl. I heard those are dope, too. Um, here in Detroit, we have, like, really big um, frat houses for, like, the alumni chapters. So, like, the alumni chapter, Alphas, Qs, Sigmas, AKs, and Deltas, they all have houses here. And they be doing, like, house crawls. So they go start off from one house and go to another one and have, like, an open bar each oh, one. Oh, that's lit. Yeah. I'm really not living my life, clearly. <laughs> you got to be active. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> They, they they check the financial list yeah. before they let it's you in. Easier said than done. Gosh. <laughs> mm, sister, Lord have mercy. Look like you ain't paid to do since undergrad. See you next it. year. How about that? <laughs> Three years, dear God. Anyway, stay out of my active my <laughs> membership card business. Anyway, so another question, a burning question. I can't believe I skipped over this. Everybody wants to know. Why do y'all hold the line outside to look, look make it look more crowded than it is? When we did that back in the day for like those free before eleven events, but like with pan events, we don't hold a line because we don't want people to be like, man, this line's wrong. I ain't about to pay to get in here. But definitely on like the free before a certain amount of time events, because you don't want to like literally have the whole club in there free. Like you're not gonna make no money off that. So if it is a free before a certain time event, best believe you're gonna be waiting in the line. They go have two people come in every five minutes for sure, for sure. And we used to do that. That's so ridiculous. That reminds me of them old school, like, Coliseum days, like Coliseum Fridays, and that was, like, hot, hot. R.I.P. the Coliseum. Yeah, that boy. It's tar- is, is it Target right now or something like that? They, they, yeah, they turned it into a Target. They, I think they wow. knocked it down. They haven't built Right. And we don't have nice things in Tallahassee, like I said. So we have, that was our second nice club. And now it's about to be a Target. That's wild. It is. Yeah, cause, like, I, I just think of. I couldn't see myself going to a Spelman or a Clark or whatever, in Atlanta because it's such a big city. Y'all have so many nice things like outside of the school, like it's an actual city. Tallahassee is just us. It's us, FSU, yeah. TCC, and like older white people and locals. And that's it. And us, again. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, going to a big city, like, it, it was, it was. I mean, one, I love, you know, going in the big city, you know, just like some things you could get to or internships or opportunities that were there that, you know, may not be the same um, in other cities. But uh, in terms of partying, it was always funny. So, like, we, our biggest party our, as a chapter was Toga. And, toga. We, and we had it at the uh, Georgia Freight Depot, Freight Depot mm-hmm. for years because uh, it was like it's the biggest venue in the city. And so, like. I remember I'm outside taking tickets, and it's a bunch of students. You know, you got all colleges from all Metro Atlanta. And then there's one, like, you know, then you have some people who, like, just from Atlanta, they walking by the underground. They see all these beautiful college girls in togas. They're like, what's going on here? I was like, it's a toga party. You can't get in without a toga. I literally saw one dude, one hood dude. I'm sure he was packing. Nah, he probably left it in the car. But uh, he left, went to Target or CVS. Got a sheet, tied it around him, <laughs> uh, came back, paid 50, 50? went in. Yeah. <laughs> Had the time of his life and, you know, was cool. So, you know, it's like every now and then you'll get a few locals that'll leak into your party. But I guess that's anywhere, huh? Well, I feel like Tallahassee locals all have guns. And if they come to the party, I just, that's when you leave. Um we actually did the same thing. We went to Toga our freshman 
well, summer 2012, so we just weren't freshmen anymore. We were, like, going into sophomore year. We went to Toga, found out you needed a Toga to get in. We drove all the way back to Decatur, went to Shanti House, made, got some sheets, made some Togas, drove all the way back to the city, and it was the fire marshal that was, like, nobody else. <laughs> yeah, people, that was, so that was my first year as a Neo. That Toga, we, it, like, it was, like, five, it was, dudes was five dollars, girls were free. It was wild. People lost. Yeah, it. I heard about your Toga party. Toga's the AUC prom. Like the, the amount of detail these girls do on their togas, you know, is is crazy. Yeah, we don't have something like we have the fairgrounds. That's where all of our bigger juice parties were. were. And then like it's all, like they find a new venue every year to have parties in Tallahassee. Then they run it into the ground. Then it gets shut down. And then next year they find something else and they run that into the ground. It's, it's like a vicious cycle. Again, because we don't have nice things. Maybe if they extend the city, if they just, it's for it to be the capital, it's so poo. It really is. Um, okay, back to the question. So what yeah. do you think is the most progressive party city right now? Ooh. I mean, Vegas, honestly. Um, Vegas is a place, okay. I don't know if you have a party in Vegas, but like all of the venues in Vegas, like clubs, are like huge, like huge, huge, huge. Inside the hotel. Yeah, inside the hotel. So you don't really have to, if you stay in a hotel, you don't have to go far. You know, you can go right downstairs to go to a club. So I think Vegas, and then, I mean, the sections in Vegas, you know, it's, it's nothing to spend five ten thousand dollars $10,000, you know, on liquor. I know people who did it before. Shout out to Haru, you know, yeah. shout out to Fall 10. They'll spend $10,000 at a day party, you know what I'm saying, or just on bottles and sections. So... I would say Vegas. I partied in Vegas for New Year's, and I was a regular person. I didn't buy a VIP booth because I wasn't spending five thousand dollars on liquor. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely say Vegas for sure, for sure. Let me get my coins together, go down to Vegas. No, but I have partied in Vegas, but I didn't get to do the full. I wasn't twenty-one yet, so I haven't been to Vegas since I've been twenty-one. Oh, that's cool. And then Vegas, it's like you. You partying with celebrities? Celebrities in Vegas all the time. Like, you can course, walk yeah. in up the street, yeah, walk in and to a club, and then oh, you have you know Migos in there just randomly. You know what I'm saying? So it's or Mayweather or his camp there. It's, it's serious. What is Mayweather? I was gonna make a point. What time? Oh, like I have my little inside joke when I say Morehouse money, Beta New money is a thing too. So y'all like right up there with each other with the money. Yeah, so Vegas is definitely gold. Okay, after Vegas, because Vegas is Vegas, so of course that's gonna be up there. So number two, what do you think? Number two seated party. Um, I have a I have a good time in in Miami. I have a good time in Miami. Didn't they shut down Live? I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure. No, they didn't shut down Live. They were just at Live. Um, because I, I did the Hip Hop Awards this weekend, and the after party was at Live. Oh, okay. I don't know why. They ain't going to shut Liv down. After Drake shot it out, I'm sure they, um stock went up tremendously. Like Vegas, got, I mean, not Vegas, Um, Miami got a 24-hour strip club. Like, we had a day party on the rooftop of that joint. They had a 24-hour strip club. There's strippers in there. Which strip club is it? It's called uh, 11. 11. Yeah. Club 11 or something like that. But it's a 24-hour strip club. So you can go see naked women anytime throughout the day. Breakfast. Like Walmart. Man, it's crazy. <laughs> Yes, man. Like Walker House. I know they legs be tired. It's 11 a.m. 
Y'all want to see some naked women? Like third string strippers. What shift they got? Like two in the afternoon. Do y'all know strip clubs got the best food ever? Yes, that I do know. They have a whole documentary on strip clubs, cuisine. Man, strip clubs got the best food. Detroit, we have a lot of strip clubs up here. They got like the best lamb chops, lobster tails, be like five bucks. It'd be crazy. $2 lamb chops. I'm not going to a strip club to get lamb chops, and I'm not trusting lamb chops that cost $2. Man. I bet they probably They are. That is not a risk. Hell, they're awesome. Can't knock it till you try it, Chief. $2 lamb chops. $2 lamb chops. I bet you. Lamb chops. And so you you eat lamb chops in the cab before you go to strip club eat some lamb chops. Honestly, don't even eat lamb chops, but I wouldn't eat them in the cab. <laughs> Calf and strip club, I trust the strip club over because <laughs> they got way more and, love in their food. Man, you got any other questions? I think um, I got one. Fun. I think to end it with you. You go ahead. You go end a question. Okay. So Carrington, if I don't know if if this is if this is a valued information, but just give us the your blueprint for planning a party from inception to you know payout. What is your blueprint? Okay, so first is brainstorming. So uh, depending on the time of the year, uh, what's the purpose of the party? Um, that's literally the first thing we think about. So okay, since homecoming is coming up, okay guys, we're planning a party for homecoming. So we think about what are some things that will, one, bring a different experience from last year, and two, how can we spend our money effectively? So we always set a budget. Um, our budget this year was like, I think like 10 grand for, for homecoming, like production, the venue, um, artists, and whatever you want to do. So we set a budget um, after we brainstorm. So after we set the budget, um, we kind of come up with a name, like something that's going to attract the people as well, too. So that would be like the next step. And then we contact our marketing director to start start getting those flyers and stuff made so we can set up the Eventbrite, which we use to sell tickets, either Eventbrite or Ticketmaster. So we set those up. And then we, after he's done with the flyer, we put it on the website. So we usually try to start promoting a party at least three months out. Um, so we usually take like a week or so to plan and get everything together. And then, you know, we instantly start pushing. So how we market our events, we use uh, definitely social media, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, um, email blasts, sometimes text message blasts, depending on uh, what type of event we're doing and who we're trying to reach. Um, we how, how do I unsubscribe? To um, shit, go to the bottom. Go, <laughs> Scroll to yeah, the bottom. Go to the bottom. Go to unsubscribe, you know. I'm con- I'm convinced that shit don't work because <laughs> I have unsubscribed because I used to use several e- emails because when I had my fake ID, I have the RSVP as Jessica. So I need a different email for that. And I've gone through every email unsubscribed and I'm still getting these emails and I just don't understand <laughs> why. I'm talking about the text list. I'm tired of random numbers hitting me up. I'm getting excited like, oh, what's <laughs> oh, wow, I think you just uh, capitalize stop and then sit it back. Just push stop and then you can do it that way. <laughs> Hey man, don't have me out here sending stop to fifteen other people, and they like stop what? <laughs> you just put a stop. But um, <laughs> but we get the marketing going, man, and then um, and that's after we book the venue. So pretty much the brainstorming stuff is including like booking the venue, what we gonna name the um, event, you know, if we plan on bringing an artist or host or however we want to do it. So that's the whole marketing concept. So you you know set up our event right, put all of our stuff on our website and then we begin marketing you know 
feeding money into our Facebook ads, um, our email blast, um, start seeing if we want to get different people to host the event, what type of different other attractions we want to get, you know, such as doing this podcast and having Melanie at the event, you know, doing like live interviews or and having people bring paintings. You know, I, we got people coming to do paintings to kind of spark up the venue as well, too. So just kind of just bringing those and brainstorming on how we go add those different attractions to the event. Um, and then just, you know, continuously marketing, man, marketing the event. Um, we're usually sponsored by like Jack Daniels. Um, we have the opportunity to get sponsored by Coral Light as well, too. So add in different bar specials, come up with uh, different booth deals, bottle specials, um, and just pushing the event, man, selling tickets, you know, reaching out to people um, that we usually don't reach out to, you know, booking DJs, uh, bottle girls, because we had to book bottle girls as well, too. And just communicating with the venues on uh, how many tickets we're selling, our expectation on how many people we think we're going to have at the venue. And that's, you know, prior to. So day of, our day of um, routine that me and Caleb does, we get up in the morning, us and our team all go to breakfast. So it's me and Caleb. Uh, we have, yeah, me and Caleb, we have four different managers that help us manage the events throughout the night. So we all get up and go to breakfast and lunch. Me and Caleb will pay for it, take our team out to lunch. Um, and then we just brainstorm and just designate what each person is doing throughout the night. Uh, we usually get to the venue an hour before the event starts to just, you know, make sure all, our, all of our booths are set up, make sure that the door girls are set up, make sure we have change at the door, make sure we have our um, swipe machines at the door as well, too. Our iPad set up with all our Wi-Fi and all that good stuff. And we wait on the people to start coming in. So um, our managers usually our managers usually take the tickets, you know, scan people in. Um, me and Caleb just kind of monitor and make sure that, you know, all the booths are, are set up and stuff to make sure the bottle girls are ready. And we kind of direct the people to the different sections. Um, and we just, you know, walk around and manage the night until it gets to about 1 o'clock. Then we start turning up. <laughs> then we start to turn up. Fine. Yeah, that was uh, I, I I like that. I thought, I thought that was a great summary. Um, gave me I, it all. Your what you just laid out inspired me. I would I kind of want to see how like they got all these you know rehab shows like of, of people buying houses, rehabbing them, and selling them. We need to do that with party promote. Yeah, it's it's a process, man. It's it's a long process. It it can. Get stressful um, if you don't have everything organized. I mean, it's always something at the at the beginning, middle, or end of the night that you have to handle. Um, but it's just you know it's a part of the business. I mean, if anything came easy, everybody would be rich. So that's how that's the mindset that we have. You know, if anything is easy, if all it feels so easy to throw parties, everybody would do it. So you know, we just kind of just stay positive if negative things happen and just make it through the event. And then afterwards, you know, when we delegate money, paying out expenses and stuff, we just be thankful that we have successful events. Even if we had 100 people or 1,000 people, you know, we're still thankful that we were able to do the events. So we're thankful for all those people who patronize our company with doing these events as well, too. So we try to stay positive regardless of if the party was a flop, a good party, or therefore. So That's excellent. God bless you. I forgot a question. And I know you like this question, so I need to make sure you can answer this. So we're going to end on an ignorant note. I'm sorry. But, you know, I'm ignorant. So, why y'all be flexing with 10 bottles of house champagne? 
I mean, that's not a question that um, I think is directed to me because you know, I don't know who y'all is. yeah. I just I didn't. I, I know. I'm just I'm just messing with you. Um, well, only time I really drink house champagne is if I'm drinking mimosas. Um, but we don't really, yeah, we don't really flex. With, honestly, we don't flex with bottles no more. I don't really do that no more. Um, three years ago, I for sure did that. But um, now, you know, we have bottles at the table, and we pretty much, you know, if we buy them, unless the venue gives them to us free, if we do buy them, we do it for, like, we buy them for the people, honestly. Like, we invite people to come drink in our section with us. Like, me and Caleb are never drunk at our parties. We never get drunk. Though we may have 10, 5, 8, 15 bottles, it doesn't matter. We just really give it for the people just to increase the experience. So everything is pretty much experience-based with us. Like I said before, you know, I wish I did... And I wasn't bougie and did, you know, buy house champagne, but I just, I, I can't drink it because it makes me sick. It makes me sick. You know, I get sick of house champagne too. Like every time I get sick, I can't even drink mimosas anymore. No, I used to, I used to go to Nightcap, you know, the movie, used to have them, um, them house champagne bottles for like $20, you know what I'm saying, at the moon. So I used to go to Nightcap when I was like 19 with that fake ID, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be an alpha. Yeah. I'm gonna be alpha, you know what I'm saying? I'm at this cafe party. I got two house champagnes in my hand. What's up? At y'all party. At y'all party. Y'all ain't walking around with nothing. You know what I'm saying? So that's how we used to, like, get you want to. Yeah, we used to be get pouring up for the ladies in the little plastic cups, everything, man, you know. See, thank you for using cups, because y'all be liking to pour stuff in, in women's mouths like we some kind of concubine. We are ladies. Now the funniest thing though, when you pour it in like over a stage and the girl head just just open like a, like a baby chicken or something in a nest, like a baby bird. I, I would never. That's like a four foot drop. By the time that champagne hits your throat, it's all contaminated. Ugh. That's the house champagne, y'all. I really don't do that. But actually, for this homecoming meal, I may buy a lot of house champagne because you asked me that question. Well, I won't be partaking. But, but no, honestly, at Privé though, we do have we do have a champagne special. We do have a twenty five champagne special, and then five for hundred. So, I mean, it's gonna be a lot of house champagnes being popped and sprayed at Privé. Honestly, celebrating that rather experience. So, we do have a, a house special, house champagne special. I will be drinking some, Mel, and you're gonna be drinking some with me. Okay, I'm about to have a little sandwich or something on my stomach because I ain't trying to be throwing up. Okay, thank you so much, Canton, for being on the show. Y'all don't understand how late it is. It's way past my bedtime, but my little computer decided to be funny acting, and here we are. Okay, oh, we do have a review. Um, oh, yes. I forgot to say this in the beginning. Um, it's by Trill Clinton. It says, a lit team. I don't know if you purposely put four stars or if that was a, your finger slip, That's, but I'm a fan of such a review. So I don't know. It says Trill Clinton. I don't know if it's Clinton, oh. Clinton or what. He said, or this person said, been listening since episode one, and I'm really proud of Melanie and Rodney's growth since then. I love how the conversation doesn't seem thrown together, and both co-hosts thrive in their natural roles of moderator and personality. This podcast should have a bigger reach, amen, than it does right now, and I'll be here when OMGTP is on that wavelength of the other top podcasts. <laughs> Aw, that's... You guys are you guys are growing, prospering. It always starts somewhere. One day. It always yeah, starts somewhere. Yeah. Y'all don't, y'all don't know how much these uh, reviews really lift my spirits when I'm at work. Uh, <laughs> so please continue to leave them. Uh, Say nice things. They are greatly appreciated. Five stars. Five stars. Uh, top five. Top five. Yeah. Um, we don't want nothing left. Yeah. This was fun. I don't know. I learned. I, you know, still got some good jokes in there. 
um, studs y'all good. So, like, what if it's still, like, cute in the face, too? Like, y'all be like, dang, never mind. Let me stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anything else? Hearts and minds clear? Yeah. We, we, uh, life. just want to thank our guest, Carrington, for, you know, doing this. Uh, we had some technical difficulties at one point, but we, you know, but once we got rolling, we got rolling, and I, I think this was a great Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. educational. Um, so if y'all go to FAMU, y'all know what parties to go to. So we at Privé Friday. Then the moon, Saturday. We at moon. We moonwalking on Saturday. Um, if y'all don't go to FAMU, don't know nothing about FAMU, we're located in Tallahassee, Florida. So slide. A listener did hit me up about FAMU homecoming, so that's really, really cool. Um, they are listening. Folk are listening. So y'all still got time. Y'all got like three days after this podcast airs to get to Tallahassee because it's gonna be. You late. can buy your Chelsea boots and future hats. Yes, it's not too late. Yes, yes. So you're gonna be drinking house champagne. Hey, is it is it a bad <laughs> thing that I just bought some Chelsea boots like yesterday? I just bought some for the first time. Like Justin McCorvey was in town, man. I'm like, he's like, man, look, I just got these Chelsea boots. I'm like, man, them boys sweet. Let me get those. <laughs> Look at those real quick. You gonna wear it with a, a, a white button up all the way to the top in the future hat? No, nah, I ain't gonna do mine like that. I'm, I'm gonna wear some, a jean jacket. You know they be wearing jean jackets with them too nowadays. Okay, I see where you going with it. Okay, okay. So real quick, so 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 for the AUC, like all of Metro Atlanta, like Georgia Tech, Georgia State, Kennesaw State, all of us are have our homecomings the same weekend. Someone said that's a lot of Chelsea boots and ill-fitting jean jackets in one uh, 20-mile radius. <laughs> it's going to be horrible. Everybody's going to have the same outfit on. Ugh, I'm sick of it. Thin necklace. A lot of thin necklaces. Yeah. Baby chains. <laughs> yeah. Quiet. It is. Yeah, have y'all seen the Bella Hadid? Uh, if homeboy comes in, come through with these. Okay, let me get out of here because we can be up here giggling. It's way past my bedtime, and I ain't going to be nothing in the morning if I can stay up here. So thank you again, Carrington. Uh, thank y'all for listening because we've been here for a little minute. Uh, but yeah, y'all be great and enjoy homecoming wherever you come. Oh, I got one last thing though. They can get yep. their tickets at www.onlythenumberoneoption.com. Good show. All right. Bye, guys. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you.